Greetings, brothers and sisters. Today, we're going to talk about books. I'd like to share with you some of my favorite books and the literature I often recommend to my students. This episode is pretty straightforward. It doesn't really require any further explanation. So, my name is Lewis, and you are listening to Budo, The Martial Way. Let us begin. To give you some idea of how I've structured this, first of all, I'm going to begin with some of my most highly recommended books, the titles I really stand behind. Then after that, I'm going to move on to some more general suggestions, some things for you to consider. And then last, I'd like to talk to you about fiction. I've got a few good titles I've really enjoyed reading, so if they sound like the sort of thing that appeals to you, you can give them a look. So what's first? What is my absolute number one book that I recommend? If you know me personally, if you've been listening regularly to my podcast, I hope that you already know the answer to this. Marcus Aurelius, Meditations. On YouTube, you can find a fantastic lecture on Stoicism by Professor Michael Segru, in which he says... Stoicism is an appropriate philosophy, I would say, for serious, ruthless, introspective people that want real answers and are willing to take no nonsense. That statement pierces me to the very core of my being. Allow me to repeat that quote once more. Stoicism is an appropriate philosophy, I would say, for serious, ruthless, introspective people that want real answers and are willing to take no nonsense. If that sounds like a description which appeals to you, if that sounds like a philosophical outlook on life that you can get on board with, please, I cannot recommend this book any more highly. Several of my students here in Japan have purchased this book and we discuss its contents during our lessons. All of my students are adults except one who is 16 years old, and I'm quite proud that I study the writings of the great Marcus Aurelius with him, as I certainly wish I had read that book at his age. Some of you may be familiar with Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, or CBT, which is a form of psychotherapy very commonly used by the National Health Service in the UK. CBT is very strongly based on Stoic philosophy, and Stoic philosophy in general is seeing a great resurgence in recent years. I even saw online that there's an annual convention in which people gather, have lectures, and discuss Stoic philosophy and the such. If you're unfamiliar with Stoic philosophy, please don't think that it is some ancient, outdated mode of thought which has no bearing on modern life. Everything in Marcus Aurelius's teachings are as valid and relevant now as they were when he wrote them almost 2,000 years ago. Specifically, I would strongly recommend the Penguin Classics translation. One of my students bought the Kindle version of the book, and it is god-awful. Absolutely terrible translation. For some reason, they tried to write it in a very old-timey English kind of way, making it sound somewhat Shakespearean. It is absolutely dreadful. Honest to God, almost unreadable, seriously. So please, if you want a good copy, you cannot go wrong with the Penguin Classics edition. Next, I would like to recommend to you The Science of Enlightenment by Shinzen Yang. This book went a long way to refining my meditation practice, and I would possibly say that of all the many teachers and sources of information I have learned from, 
This book is possibly the single most influential source of information in forming my current meditative practice. It's hard to tell because I've learned from such a wide array of sources, but I definitely read this book at a pivotal time in my practice, and I very often reference Shinzen Yang and many of the things he has written in this book. Shinzen Yang, the man himself, is an American gentleman who ordained as a Shingon monk at Koyasan here in Japan. He is also a neuroscience research consultant, and that's really what attracted me to his work initially. I thought to myself, a Buddhist monk with a PhD, tell me more. This is maybe a mid-level book on meditation. It's been a while since I've read it, so it isn't totally fresh in my mind. But from what I can remember, I don't think it's particularly something I would recommend to a complete beginner. But if you've been meditating for at least a short while, I would definitely recommend this book. Next, The Way of Zen by Alan Watts. Alan Watts, surely you've heard of him. Most likely you've heard one of his distinctly British lectures on YouTube. Who doesn't love Alan Watts? Great man. His work was crucial in popularizing Eastern philosophy and spirituality in America and throughout the West during the late 50s and 60s. So I told you that the last book, The Science of Enlightenment, was quite important in developing my meditative practice itself. Well, this book, The Way of Zen, is absolutely indispensable in forming my own understanding of Buddhism, Zen, and the Tao. Honestly, this book is simply unbelievable. However, let me warn you that it is quite heavy reading. Alan Watts is a very well-educated scholar, and his written work is distinctly academic. You may listen to his lectures on YouTube and think, yeah, I feel this guy, he's easy to listen to, I get what he's saying, I like his rock and roll attitude. But be warned, his written text is a little less easygoing, very academic, but phenomenal work. This is most definitely not a book I would recommend to a novice. This is quite high-tier material, but to anyone with more experience looking for a deeper understanding of the way, I promise you this is required reading. I cannot think of a single other book that gives such an unbelievably profound history of Zen, Buddhism and the Tao, both in literal historical events and also in deep philosophical understanding. And I say Buddhism, Zen and the Tao because you cannot fully understand Zen without also exploring Buddhism and the Tao. You see, Buddhism originated in eastern India. It then traveled up into China in which Taoist and Confucian philosophy already existed. So when the monks from Japan traveled into China and picked up Buddhism, what they learned was not necessarily a pure transmission of the original Buddhism, but was deeply ingrained with the Taoist philosophy prevalent in China at the time. So when we talk about Zen, they always say Zen Buddhism, Zen Buddhism. But Zen is just as much Taoist as it is Buddhist. But this should be clear. Tao directly translates to way, the way. In Japanese, this is do. Where have we heard that before? Kendo, kudo, judo, sado, shodo. Do, the way, is an integral part of Japanese culture and philosophy. And actually, now that I think about it, through Zen, it could be said that Tao has been preserved in Japan much more than it has been in China. 
But I digress. Sorry, I've just started going off on one there. The point is, the way of Zen is a vital text in true, deep understanding and realization of the way. There is a wealth of books talking about Buddhism, but certainly not so many which speak of the Tao. And here you have a truly remarkable piece of work detailing the three great Eastern philosophies. Speaking of the Tao, the last of my strong recommendations to you is The Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee. Many people think of Bruce Lee simply as a movie star, you know, just an action man in front of the camera. But his acting career only took off into superstardom with The Big Boss, which was released just two years before he died. Bruce Lee was a lifelong martial artist, and many credit him as being the first major proponent of modern mixed martial arts. You see, he came from an era in the 50s and 60s when different disciplines were completely divided and almost no one cross-trained. He actually took a lot of flack from the Wing Chun masters in Hong Kong and China for teaching the art to white people in America. But Bruce Lee was a literal genius. He saw beyond styles. When he met famous wrestlers in America, he immediately started learning about grappling. He studied everything from chess to fencing to advance his combat capabilities. The fighting style Bruce Lee developed is called Jeet Kune Do, which translates to the way of the intercepting fist from Cantonese. But he actually said he regrets creating that name because it continues to encourage people to think within boundaries and styles, which only creates further limitations. Bruce Lee was a true master, not only of technical and physical skills, but also of philosophy and mindset. If you read the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, which is a collection of his notes published by his daughter, you will see that he had a very clear and deeply penetrating insight into the Tao. The man clearly understood the way and undoubtedly lived in accordance with it. I recommend this book to any and all martial artists you will learn some very advanced technique and philosophy from this text. It is actually no longer in print. You can buy the Kindle version of it or download a PDF if you have a look around online. I actually managed to get a secondhand copy on Amazon at a reasonable price after many months of looking, and it is now a prized part of my library back in the UK. But if you're struggling to get a hold of it, message me on Twitter and I'll send you a PDF of it. So those are my main recommendations. I strongly stand behind all those books. The next set of titles I would like to recommend to you are a little bit more subjective, maybe not for everyone, but I'll describe them, give you my thoughts, and if they sound like something you'll enjoy, then of course you should check them out. The first book I'll recommend is The Experience of Insight by Joseph Goldstein. This book is actually the first book I read on Buddhism and meditation. When I began to study the field, I looked online at several lists for good books to start with, and this was one that was mentioned in a few different places. So I bought it, and yeah, it is very good. I did actually reread it again a few years later, which was very interesting after having expanded and deepened my own practice and understanding. And on reading it a second time, I came to understand it very differently and glean some new insights from Goldstein's teachings. This book is very good. It does a fantastic job of conveying Buddhist principles and giving some practical, easy-to-digest guidance toward meditation. One thing I will say, though, I don't agree with everything Mr. Goldstein has to say about karma and rebirth. 
There is one chapter in particular that focuses on this topic that I completely disagree with. This is something I will dedicate an entire podcast episode to sometime in the future. I'm not going to go into it now. I just want to add that slight caveat to this recommendation. He takes the idea of rebirth very literally, and I believe that is not quite correct. But please don't let that put you off the book. I have read many books about philosophy, spirituality, Buddhism, the Tao, Eastern practices, and I would not include this book in this list if I didn't think it was particularly worthy of mention, especially for people with low to mid-level experience in meditation. Fantastic text. And speaking of recommendations for novice practitioners, my next suggestion to you is Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by Shinryu Suzuki. I believe I have quoted Suzuki-san's words to you several times in previous episodes of the podcast. Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind is an interesting book. It has a very relaxed delivery and sometimes, I don't know how to describe it, uses somewhat ethereal or flowery language. Suzuki-san really tries to guide people toward the way in a very gentle and delicate manner, which I can understand leading toward his great popularity in the West. Interestingly enough, this book is incredibly popular in the West, but not so famous in Japan. I think his style of teaching is perfectly well-suited for a Western audience who mostly want to be gently invited into Buddhist philosophy and don't want to be forced to shave their heads and sit facing a wall for five hours a day. Suzuki-san is famous for founding the first Zen monastery outside of Asia sometime after moving to San Francisco in 1959. San Francisco, where both Alan Watts and Bruce Lee also lived. Man... San Francisco in the 60s must have been something else. What a time, truly. So yeah, I usually like to take a slightly more grounded, maybe more scientific or disciplined approach to Zen and meditation than Suzuki-san generally provides. But as a fellow disciple of the Sotoshu lineage and having practiced at many of the same temples as Suzuki, such as the famous Eiheiji and Sojiji temples here in Japan, I do like his work, and it is nice to have that balance, as always, in all things. Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind is a fantastic book to go to when we want to slow things down, when we need to unwind the tightly bound coil within our mind, which, Lord knows, I often need. So, On the topic of a more disciplined approach, a more rigorous approach, I would like to recommend to you The Zen Way to the Martial Arts by Taisen Deshimaru. This book isn't actually written by Taisen Deshimaru himself, but is more of a transcript of lectures and interviews with the man, which is often the case for many of these types of books, apparently written by monks and philosophical teachers. But Taisen Deshimaru, what a man. I love him. He has a much more brutalist delivery to his teachings, which, considering my own experience and history, is no surprise as something that appeals to me. He's very strict and unforgiving, but also has a fantastic sense of humor and levity. This is actually the only text of his that I have read. I really need to read more because I highly rate his work. I think he's a very notably underrated teacher. This book, The Zen Way to the Martial Arts, is very interesting. As Deshimaru-san is not exactly a martial artist himself, 
but seems to be very close friends with several kendo practitioners. So he gives his perspective on the martial way from a perspective of a monk, sharing much great wisdom on mindset as well as meditative and breathing practices. If you are a martial artist and want to look further into psychological and philosophical practices, I would strongly recommend this book. Another great book for martial artists is Karate-do My Way of Life by Ginshin Funakoshi. This book is something of an autobiography by the great Ginshin Funakoshi, who is credited with not only taking traditional karate from Okinawa and introducing it to the mainland in the 1920s, but also creating the Shotokan style and introducing it to the world after the war. I really like this book because it's a bit more of an enjoyable read while still being a factual account of events. Some of the books I've recommended so far are a little heavy, very educational and informative books. You'll learn a lot from this book and it is, of course, a factual account of events, but it also reads like an old man telling you his life story. Reading this, I almost feel like I'm sitting down by the fireplace as old man Funakoshi regales us with stories from his youth. I've also heard people criticize this work as Funakoshi-san was very old when he wrote it. And after seeing so much hardship and suffering as his country lost the war, he had somewhat lost his spark and youthful vigor. But that really could be said of anyone entering such an old age. So again, Great book for any martial artist, especially those looking for an inspirational tale of courage and a good role model for how to live your life. I think I might actually reread it again when I get back to England and have access to my library. It's been a good few years since I first read it. My final recommendation for non-fiction literature is The Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu. This book is very short, quite succinct and to the point which is fitting as I consider this book to be the keystone text representing the Tao. There is also the Book of Changzu, but that's more of a lengthy collection of stories which, whilst entertaining, haven't translated very well into modern literature. A couple of notes I should share about the Tao Te Ching. First of all, it is attributed to Lao Tzu, but many historians believe that it could very well be a collection of texts written by several authors. The name Lao Tzu itself directly translates to something like old master, so it could very well be a term used to reference any wise sage. Also, the book itself, the Tao Te Ching, much of it is very clear-cut and direct description of the Tao, the way, but also a lot of it is instruction on how to lead and how to govern the people. Because what you need to understand is, Back when this was written, many centuries before the birth of Christ, it was not written for the common people. These philosophical minds were often more highly educated and wealthy, connected individuals, and as such, part of the upper class. So unlike modern religious teachings, which seem to focus more on the lives of average people, many of these lessons in the Tao Te Ching were originally intended for rulers and the noble elite. But all of that aside, the Tao Te Ching, as far as I'm aware, is the most important text regarding the Tao. Reading it, you might find much of what it has to say very simple and basic information, as it gives you direct examples of non-duality, balance, and actionless action. 
But as the Tao is the foundation of all reality, of course it has to be basic. As the very basis of existence itself, it must be simple beyond all simplicity. So that's it for my non-fiction educational book recommendations. Now what I want to share with you are some fiction books I think you may enjoy. I believe literature is the greatest medium through which we are able to convey a story. They offer by far the most depth, the most creative freedom. It's just one man and his word, bound only by his or her imagination. No other format has this infinite degree of creative potential. And stories themselves are how we have always transferred knowledge since the most ancient of times. Moral lessons, tales of inspirational role models, memories of our ancestors. These stories are what human civilization was founded on. But it would seem to me that the true art of storytelling has been somewhat lost these days, with the most popular media being superhero movies and bullshit like Fifty Shades of Grey. There's no depth, no sanctity. But anyway, sorry, I'm just losing myself here. Let me tell you about some of the books you may like. First off, I would like to recommend to you Musashi by Eiji Yoshikawa. This book, or series of books originally, is a fictionalized account of the life of the great samurai Miyamoto Musashi, who reportedly won over 60 duels and famously authored the book Gorin no Sho. Musashi has been the principal character in many forms of fiction, I would strongly recommend you watch the Samurai Trilogy, a series of movies directed by Hiroshi Inigaki starring Toshiro Mifune as Musashi himself. These are my favorite movies to come out of Japan, but they don't seem to be very well known, so I'm always recommending them whenever I can. That's the Samurai Trilogy directed by Hiroshi Inigaki. Anyway, Musashi, the novel, was originally serialized in the newspaper Asahi Shimbun, over a period of five years. It was then collated into a series of seven books and is now available online in one hardback copy. Fantastic story, highly enjoyable. A classic tale of a wandering warrior who begins as a wild rogue and is slowly honed into a master swordsman throughout his adventures across the land. I also feel that the author, Yoshikawa-san, has quite a good understanding of Musashi's philosophy and psychological approach to swordsmanship. So yeah, great book, highly recommended. Next, I would like to recommend The Sound of Waves by Yukio Mishima. Originally titled Shiosai, this book is a coming-of-age tale about a young man living on an island who falls in love. If you've never heard the name Yukio Mishima, I don't even know where to begin with trying to encapsulate that man's life. He's an author, playwright, director, actor, model, very nationalistic, very conservative, a little bit crazy, and an absolute visionary. He's an incredible man who lived an incredible life and is widely considered one of the most influential Japanese authors of the 20th century. He famously committed ritual suicide after he kidnapped the commander of a military base and tried to stage a coup to reinstate the emperor. Absolute legend. 
I would recommend several titles under his name. King Kakuji is an amazing novel based on true events. Taiyo Totetsu is an interesting essay which gives great insight into Mishima's mindset and philosophy. But I chose The Sound of Waves because I believe the principal character in this novel to perfectly represent Mishima's ideal man. Stoic, even-tempered, diligent, reserved, quietly passionate, supremely honourable. He lives a simple life, but a pure and honest life. Shiosai isn't one of Mishima's most often debated novels. It's certainly not as exciting or wildly controversial as Confessions of a Mask, but I believe the simple purity of the book is entirely overlooked. This novel is a fantastic inspiration for young men, especially in this entirely degenerate age in which we now live. The Sound of Waves is a shining beacon of wholesome values, and its lead characters are prime examples of both traditional masculinity and femininity. I strongly recommend it for both men and women, especially young adults, but it is perfect for all ages. Again, I think this is maybe another book I need to read when uh, when I get back to my library in England. Um, now that I'm thinking about these books again, it, oh God, it, it really is a fantastic book and I, I can't recommend it enough and I will read it again. Next, I would like to recommend to you a collection of short stories compiled by the French author Pascal Fallot. I apologize if I have pronounced that incorrectly. Pascal F-A-U-L-I-O-T. The title of this book is Samurai Wisdom Stories, Tales from the Golden Age of Bushido. I really enjoyed this book. It is a lovely collection of short stories related to martial arts, samurai, zen, and traditional Japanese folktales. Very well written, very nicely delivered, easy reading, with a lot of very enjoyable moral lessons throughout. This is a book I can see myself reading to my children one day. If that's not a strong endorsement, I don't know what is. The last book I'd like to recommend, or I should say series of books, is Gaunt's Ghosts by Dan Abnett. I don't know if you're familiar with the tabletop board game Warhammer 40k. It's a game in which you collect and paint small models. It's very popular but it has an extensive lore and very large collection of media surrounding it. I don't play the game, but I do really like some of the novels, and especially Gaunt's Ghosts is one of my all-time favourite fictional series in any medium. It's a military story set in a grim, dark science fiction world, and it was actually inspired by the series Sharp, written by Bernard Cornwell, adapted into a TV series starring Sean Bean. So as well as obviously having a lot of action, it also delves quite deeply into the characters themselves, their interconnected relationships, and the drama of the unit as a whole. It's very well thought out. I believe this series currently spans 16 novels, as well as a couple of spin-off novels. It is quite extensive, and I have read several of the novels more than once. And that about sums it up for my fiction recommendations. If you're interested in what I'm reading now, the last book I finished was Why Buddhism is True by Robert Wright. (laughs) I love the title of that book, Why Buddhism is True. (laughs) It certainly has a brash confidence to it. 
Interesting book. It gives a lot of hard science and research behind the ancient philosophy and meditative practice. It does not, however, actually give any instruction on how to meditate, which I think is one thing the book is missing. But it has a clear goal and sticks to it. Very good book for a scientifically minded individual. Currently, I'm reading Mentors by Russell Brand. Not as informative as I was expecting. I'd hoped it would be a bit more based on the concept of teaching, but it seems to be a bit more like a collection of his own anecdotal experiences with mentors in his own life, which is fair enough, still enjoyable. I do enjoy Russell Brand. I'm also reading the book of Chang Zhu, which I mentioned briefly earlier. It's quite a lengthy book containing a lot of unrelated tales and stories. As it is translated from text thousands of years old, it's not exactly the smoothest of reads, so I'm in no rush to get through it. I just dip in and out and read a chapter here and there. Next, I intend to read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, something I've had sitting on my bookshelf for a while, and I'm quite looking forward to getting into it. So, one more time to review the books I have listed today. My most highly recommended books are Meditation, Marcus Aurelius. The Science of Enlightenment, Shinzen Young, The Way of Zen, Alan Watts, and The Tao of Jeet Kune Do, Bruce Lee. These are my primary, most important recommendations, but I've also talked about The Experience of Insight, Joseph Goldstein, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, Shinryu Suzuki, The Zen Way to the Martial Arts, Taisen Deshimaru, Karate Do, My Way of Life, Ginshin Funakoshi, and the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu. And finally, the fiction novels I've spoke of, Musashi, Eiji Yoshikawa, The Sound of Waves, Mishima Yukio, Samurai Wisdom Stories, Tales from the Golden Age of Bushido, Pascal Fallot, and last, Gaunt's Ghosts, Dan Abnett. Thank you very much. I hope you found that informative and I hope you found that enjoyable. I would like to specifically thank Danny Miranda for messaging me on Twitter and asking if I had a reading list. I'm obviously always talking about the books I read and always referencing and quoting people constantly, but I never really thought to just sit down and just talk about literature. There was quite a lot to go through today and that was trying to keep it short. Thank you very much, Danny. I appreciate the motivation to get that done. You can check him out on Twitter, at Danny Roars. And as always, you can contact me on Twitter, at WayBudo. I'd love to hear from you, especially if you get your hands on any of these books. I'd love to hear what you think of them. Next week, I'm going to be talking about the three characteristics of Vipassana. Again, more key, pivotal information in reference to Buddhism and the way. I'm going to share this information through guided meditation. So if you're one of my listeners who've been practicing meditation with me, look forward to that. Episode 22. Until then, take care. All the best. And as always, those on the way become the way.